Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Neighbors podcast with Nexper, the show where we talk to community members across the U.S. to see what it's really like to live in their town and what you should know before purchasing a home there. Today, we're talking to David Stein about the Seattle metro area. David, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. My name is David Stein. I'm a real estate broker in the Seattle metro area, and I've been in the business since uh, early 2002, right after the the, uh, dot-com crash. And within that time, I've watched many changes taking place throughout the area, um, mostly population. Uh, Population has increased by close to 500,000 people since getting into the market. And um, ever since then, we've seen many, many changes, a lot of companies moving in, and um, it just, it's drawing more people from throughout the country because of the climate. It's a great place to live, and um, it's kind of fun watching people come into the area and working with them and helping them find places to live. So for someone who doesn't really know a whole lot about the Seattle metro area, could you tell us a bit more about what that whole area encompasses? Yes. Um, real quick, when people think of Seattle, they also think of uh, Pacific Northwest. And the Pacific Northwest is uh, different states besides Washington. We have Oregon, Idaho, parts of Alaska. But when we zoom into the metro area, we're talking closer to the Puget Sound area. And I believe it's the only sound that is in the United States. And within there, you have multiple cities. So we have one area, it's called Lake Washington which is a 22 mile long lake. And on the west side, you have Seattle proper and you have West Seattle, you have Tequila, you have Shoreline, you have all these areas up and down that are somewhat somewhat connected. But of course, the neighborhoods are very, very different. And then on the east side of the lake, which we call the east side, you have Bellevue, Woodenville, Redmond, Kirkland. And a lot of people that move into the area may actually live on the east side, but commute to Seattle, which is on the west side. So just to clarify, when people say Seattle, it's really the Seattle metro area that people are thinking of when they move out here. Is there a reason that you've noticed why people seem to be moving more to the east side? I think the biggest thing is space. So if you're moving here and you want parks, right? You want more open space. Um, The east side gives you that. So most of the homes here have plenty of room, lots of parks, less congestion. But on the west side, where Seattle is, it's more congested. There are parks, but they're smaller. So a lot of people are looking at that and saying, hey, you know, I think it's better for us to be on the east side. But if you want to live close to where you work in the downtown Seattle area, um, a lot of people are living in small condos, and they don't have a, they don't need a car. They don't have to commute, and there's an attraction there. So we get a lot of people who are looking to move um, to Seattle from maybe different states or you know even the other side of the country. If they're there for just a short time, um, do you have any activities or things that they should check out while they're visiting the east and west sides to get kind of a feel for those areas? There's a couple different things. One would be sports. If you're into sports, we have the Seattle Mariners that play in T-Mobile Park. We have the Seahawks, which is the football team. They play in Lumen Field. We now have a uh, hockey team, which is the Kraken. So if you're into sports, you know, we have lots of that. If you're into nightlife, there's 
plenty of things to do. Lots of restaurants. Um, there's music. One of my favorite places to listen to live music is called Dimitrio's Jazz Alley. Okay. And it's great. Anyway, they just bring in some top-notch musicians, and it's a, it's a fun place to go. So that would be one of the places that I would bring people to, uh, to check out. Seattle, I have this um, perception of it. It's just having so many great outdoor activities as well. Is that the case? Um, there are. I mean, usually people think of Seattle when they come in, so, okay, I want to go to the, the Space Needle, right? Or mm-hmm. I want to go to Pikes Market. And those are really touristy spots. People are living out here. And they want the real experience of what Washington has to offer. You are about three hours from the Washington coast. You are close to the mountains. There's hundreds of hiking trails. Um, There's, gosh, so many outdoor things to do that truly, if you're going to come out and live here, those are the things you want to take advantage of because they are so beautiful. I do want to ask just because Seattle is known as being a very rainy area and I know you moved from a different state. Did that have a big impact on you? Do you think that has a big impact on a lot of your buyers? Um, Yes, it it does. To some, I would say so. So when I moved out here, gosh, I think it was 1987. um, It was the end of September and they were having a drought. So even in through October, I was like, what are people talking about? It's like, what, what do you mean it rains a lot here? And then sure enough, as we got into winter, reality set in and mm-hmm. the rain came. And that was a little bit of a shock because I couldn't believe it. It's like, how do people live here, right? Because it rains so much. And um, it, it's funny, I guess over time, people said, you know, you get used to it. And I'm not sure I got used to it, but I found things to do um, to either keep busy out of the rain, right? Or go out and just get wet, right? But I don't think it should scare people. And the reason I say this is, yeah, it rains on average like 150 days a year. But on the days, especially as we get into late spring, early summer, all the way through mid-fall, we have fantastic weather. And when the sun comes out here, it's, I think it's one of the most beautiful places to be. So as long as you take advantage of it, like, again, you go hiking in the mountains, you go backpacking, you get on the water, you are, you're living the dream, right? It's one of the best places to be. So if you can stick out the rain, right, you've got it made. If it's too much, and I have talked to people that said, you know what, I can't take it. I'm going back to California where everything's brown. Then, <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. The rain was just too much. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've been out there, but I've never seen a place that's so green. So you said that the population has increased by about 500,000. Um, could you explain, you know, what is causing that draw to the Seattle area? For what I've seen, the largest draw are people being relocated um, from other areas of the country or changing jobs, and not even within the country, but even outside of the country I've been running into. People who have taken up jobs with Microsoft, obviously it's a very large employer out here, Amazon, another large employer. I think they have like 1,300,000 employees throughout their company. Obviously, a big chunk of them are here. Um, Starbucks, another company that originated here, is has drawn many jobs. Um, who else? Uh, you know, Alaska Airlines, you have T-Mobile, 
uh, Nordstrom's, and there's so many more companies, especially tech companies, that are drawing people here, and they're willing to come here because of the higher salaries they have to offer. Um, it's very unusual. And you can work for other companies like, for example, Boeing. When I moved out here, that was the big employer. But when it comes down to salary, they didn't compare to what a Microsoft employer was making. So if you do the math and take all these high-tech companies with these high salaries, it's just this huge draw. And when it comes down to weather, because you're asking about the rain, um, a lot of these people are willing to live with it, right, with those rainy days, but take advantage of the sunshine days. But there are a there is a percentage of people, right, that uh, the rain gets to them, and after so many years, they've had enough, and and they move somewhere where it's drier. But again, to answer your question, it seems like these tech companies, especially, are the big draw to the area. But they've also been increasing the wealth of the area, and so because of the wealth, we've watched a lot of new things being built, a lot of new neighborhoods being built. And uh, obviously, the price of those homes have increased dramatically. So I would say the economics, based on the not just the income, but the number of people with high or high income earners, have really changed the whole layout of this area quite a bit compared to what it was 20 years ago. So another question that I have is: we have a lot of people who are looking to relocate, sort of like what I said earlier. Um, but if we have someone who is work from home or retired and they can really live anywhere, why might they pick the Seattle metro area over, say, another metro area? Um, good question. Um, I don't know if I would live in Seattle itself, but the Seattle metro area, um, for example, a lot of retirees um, choose to live on the east side, again, less congestion, more open space. And another thing about the east side, is, especially in the city of Woodenville, which is maybe 15, 20 minutes from Seattle, we have over like 130 wineries. Oh, okay. uh, so just that area alone, it draws a lot of people. So you feel like you live in the country, but you're still close to the city. And I think if you know, you didn't, if you can work from home, why not live in an area where you have a lot of space around you, more privacy, more land, uh, larger house, right? I think that's, that would be the draw. The only reason I think someone would want to live closer into this, closer to downtown South, I should say, is, you know, you want to be where all the energy is, right? And it's mm -hmm. where the nightlife is, restaurants or uh, music, those kind of things. Um, do you have any advice for someone who is considering purchasing a home in the Seattle metro area? Yes. The, the biggest thing I would say is have a good savings for what you're going to put down. And mm -hmm. here, here's one thing that I've heard. I'll go back to answer your question. But I think it's important to say the popular quote is location, location, location. Mm -hmm. And I don't buy that at all, especially when it comes to a first home buyer. The reason being is that it's, it has no meaning, has no value if they're on a budget. So for me, what I would say is, number one, what is your intent, right? What do you plan to do with the property? Are you going to live in it short-term, long-term? Are you going to rent it? That would be the first thing. Number two would be affordability. It's like, what can you afford? And once you establish, okay, what you can't afford, then you start looking at the different areas of what where you can get in, right? So for example, a studio 
in Seattle, the cheapest you're going to find is maybe around 140,000 if you're lucky. A uh, one bedroom condominium in Seattle, 240, a two bedroom, maybe around 350. And as you get into a house on the low, low end, it's like 600. So just to give a reality check there, it's like, okay, you need to come up. Typically, you want to come up to 20%. And obviously, there are loans available where you can start at 5%, but then your monthly payment's going to be higher. Yeah. So you need to do the math. So I would say my advice is talk to a loan officer and say, hey, look, this is what we have saved. What do we need? And that would be the starting point. Because without knowing what you can afford, um, you're basically shooting in the dark of what you can or where you can wind up uh, living in the area. And obviously the answer to my next question does change if someone has a very large budget. Um, But what do you think the typical timeline is for someone looking for a home in Seattle? Um, Should they start looking, you know, six months in advance, a year in advance? What's, what's your read? Um, That's a good question. Some people are in a rush, right? And they need to find something quickly. So they don't really have much of a choice, but you know, and other people I've spoken to, they give themselves like a year, but Again, the circumstances are going to be different for everybody. But if I were to say, okay, look, you want to get a home, you need to give yourself this much time to research things out and figure out what you can afford. Um, I think to be safe, we're probably talking four to six months. Do you have any other advice for someone who might want to come check out Seattle or just any advice in general for other home buyers? Um. Yes. So my advice would be is to check out the different cities and find out, okay, what are the differences? And each, when I say city, um, we're talking, well, for example, let's break it down again. So if you're in Seattle, you can live in the downtown Seattle area. There's the West Seattle area. There is South Seattle. I won't go into each city, right? But they each have their own vibe. And then on the East side, right? It's the same thing. There's a few different cities there. And they have their own vibe. So really the question is, I think if I were to have a conversation with a potential buyer, I'd say, look, these are the different cities within that area. And the big differences are going to be is, again, economy or affordability for the homes. For example, uh, Bellevue is one of the more expensive cities on the east side of Lake Washington. But as you move more north, they're still expensive homes, but they become more and more affordable. Same as if you go south. So depending on what their budget is, and they said, okay, this is what we can afford. This is the size house we have. And uh, these are the number of bedrooms and so forth. Um, This is what we're looking for. Then I would be able to direct them to uh, particular cities that would best match of what they are hoping to get. And then if there is someone who is looking... um say on specifically the west side or specifically the east side, and they've narrowed it down to a handful of towns, do you think that they should just hone in on um, one town or is it okay to look at multiple? And the reason that I say that is I know sometimes in a specific town, the market might be slow. So people expand their search a little bit so they can move a bit quicker. Um, Do you think they should hone in on one area because they're so distinct or is it okay to kind of focus at a larger a group of communities. Yeah, I would be more general. Um, and the reason is um, what is on the market. Mm-hmm. So even though there are houses on the market, it's still limited of what's out there. So 
the quote unquote perfect home they're going to find, they're looking for to well, looking to find, right? Might not be in, in the east side in Bellevue, but that perfect home might be a little bit north in the area of Kirkland. Um, they all have their pros and cons of some might be closer to the water, some might be closer to shopping, but um, it's still good to be open about that. I think the, the biggest distinction is what does the neighborhood feel like? So when you do go to these different areas, say that you pick three different cities, right? And you go visit them. You get a feel just by walking around or driving around. It's like, hey, what is this neighborhood like? You know, what's the, what kind of feel do I get from it? And um, I don't know, for some people, I don't really think about it too much, but somewhere deep inside of us, we, we, have a, we can feel it out. We know that, hey, this is, this is a good match for what we're looking for. Or it might be even better than what they had anticipated. Um, and on the flip side, you might go to a neighborhood or a city within a neighborhood that you think is going to be great. And then you go there and it's not really what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think to answer your question, definitely be open-minded about visiting cities um, around what you th- were hoping to find. And, but you might find something even better. Yeah, I think that intuition is really powerful. There's nothing, there's nothing better than actually being there, seeing it for yourself and just kind of getting a vibe for the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, I do have a few more just general questions. One is obviously the market right now can be a little bit scary for first time home buyers. Do you have any advice for them? Um, yes, we kind of touched on that a little bit before, and that is, again, knowing what you have available. Let me be clear too, is that getting a house is one thing, right? And say that you saved up your 20% to get your home. And, um, I'm going to use an example of, and it sounds like a lot, but say it's like a million dollars, right? So you want to put down maybe 20%, that's $200,000, but here's the thing. Right now, with the market, people are more focused on the interest rates going up. I believe we're close to 7% now. We were down to like 25 2.5% at one point. So that's a huge jump. But the other thing that we're not really hearing much about is the cost of a loan. Where a cost of a loan used to be zero points, which would be a percent of what the loan is, um, or maybe half a point or one point. Well, right now, um, a one-point loan is you're paying a very higher, you're paying a much higher interest rate than what we're watching now. So to get a a decent, I'm just saying decent in respective terms, it's um, say it's you want to be at around like the six and a half percent or six percent loan rate, you might be paying three to four points. Mm-hmm. So do the math, right? If you're paying three points on a loan of $800,000, right? You know, if you do the math, you're talking like three, 800,000, what is that, like $24,000? It it gets very expensive. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that money plus the cost of your down payment and plus other closing costs. So I would say, look, you need to be prepared of what the final number is going to be when you get that loan. So that's it. So if you're getting a loan, unless you're coming with cash, right? That's a different story. But there's all these numbers that you're really not, um, you may not be thinking about is the cost of the loan on top of your down payment. That's a, that's a big factor right now. And I think that is 
Uh, I would say keeping a lot of people out from looking right now until that changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice and definitely something that um, everyone should consider when they're going through that process. Um, is there anything else you want to highlight about the Seattle metro area? Um, okay, I will say pros and cons. Um, one thing is the pros is we don't have a state income tax. And for a lot of people, that's great. There's only a few states that do not. Mm-hmm. But to make up for that, right, we do have one of the highest gas taxes. And I believe it's around like 49 cents right now, but they just passed a bill to increase that. So the tax on top of what you pay for gas is going to be close to 95 cents, just the tax. So come 2023, you're probably going to be paying close to $6 a gallon for gas. When it comes to groceries, um, again, I think we rank around like what 40th in nation for the cost of, you know, typical spending for groceries and other needs like that. And then when it comes to sales tax, we're close to about 10% where there are some States, I think it's Oregon, Delaware. I'm sure there's another one. They pay no retail tax. Right. So those are things to think about. And again, they're not the things that are on top of everybody's mind. Yeah. But um, you know, those are things you need to think about. The the other thing actually I do want to highlight is we were talking about, you know, the mountains, the hikes, you know, places to hike, um, backpacking, all that. But also we do have obviously a lot of water around here and yeah. the lakes are filled with fish. Um, and then we have Puget Sound, which runs into the ocean, right? So Puget Sound is the home to a lot of whales. We have orcas, gray, gray whales, um, humpbacks. Um, dolphins, right? Which is really cool. And that's one thing I just love to go out there. I never get tired of seeing that. And if you're big on fishing, there's a number of different fish that are stocked in the lakes. Some are stocked and some are just naturally, obviously come into the lakes from different areas. But um, again, if you're into hiking, you're into fishing, backpacking, uh, whatever it is, it's it's just a great place to be. It really does sound like such a wonderful spot to be. Thank you again for coming on today and just sharing all of your knowledge about Seattle. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. I think it's a great uh, program that you're putting together here. Thank you again for tuning in to Know Your Neighbors with Nextbird. We help our clients figure out where they should move based off of things like commute times, home budget, school ratings, access to various amenities such as golf courses, beaches, and much, much more. If you want us to help you figure out where you should live, book a free consultation at nextburb.com.